Hello, my name is Austin. And my name is Mike. And this is the Rough Draft Podcast, a podcast truly about rough drafts this season. at a story that Mike has written. I'm excited. It's a long story. It is a little long, yeah. It's uh, about winter, and uh, let's hope it doesn't leave us out in the cold, shall we? Oh, that's gross. It was the winter after the record-breaking snowfall. So even though it was still a lot of snow, it wasn't as much by comparison, so we didn't think much of it. We met at Maddie's house. It might have been called a double date if any of us were calling what we were doing dating. Mom had to drop me off because I wasn't driving myself yet. I'll come back at 10.30. Be ready. She didn't want to come inside. That was fine with me. I didn't want her to know that Maddie's parents weren't home. Everyone else was already inside. Maddie and Anna were making cookies, and Josh was yammering about something from the kitchen table. He was always full of information. Most of it probably interesting and helpful, but all of it unasked for. This time, it might have been about naval warships. I can't remember. The cookies were snickerdoodles. I wouldn't forget something like that. Anna and Maddie had been friends for years and spent lots of time at each other's houses. So even though Anna was at Maddie's house, they were both wearing personalized aprons with their names sewn on just under the border at the top. Made it made it seem like they were sisters. I sat down next to Josh and grabbed one of the already made cookies off the plate set before him. Maddie and Anna had their backs to me and Josh, so they didn't see or hear me come in, and Josh didn't say hi right away because he was mid-sentence. But as I was moving a chair out from the table to take a seat, Maddie turned around and saw me nearly dropping her tray of cookies. Clarence! That was what she called me sometimes, when we When she called me that, I called her Beatrice. It was because of these funny voices we used to do. Clarence and Beatrice were the names that we gave those voices. (laughs) Her name is still listed that way in my cell phone. Hi, hi. Cookies smell great. After the last batch, Anna wanted to go for a walk. It started snowing again. And just a few light flurries. The best kind of snowfall, especially in the dark. We bundled up, each of us with boots, gloves, scarves, hats, coats, and, out of availability, not out of necessity, snow pants. We started out the door. What about a flashlight? I suggested, as Maddie was pulling the door shut behind her. No, it'll be nice. The moonlight will reflect off the snow and off the water once we get down to the water, Josh said, unconcerned. Anna smiled and wrapped both of her arms around one of his arms and nuzzled his shoulder. Maddie came up behind me and playfully leaned into me as she worked her mittens onto her hands. We started down the road. The network of roads and ways through Maddie's neighborhood never really made sense to me. And we walked them so many times, in groups and alone, many different times of the day and night. It always seemed like once we were out of sight of her house, every house either looked exactly the same or completely different 
from any other house I'd ever seen before. And each road looked either, like either a copy or a mirror or a mirage or totally unlike any of the other roads in the neighborhood. So I just followed, knowing we would be safe together. We would see what we needed to see by the light of the moon off the snow on the ground, and I was hoping to lead part of the walk. We started walking in a line, but pretty soon we were walking in pairs. I remember thinking about our footsteps as we made imprints in the snow, knowing by morning there would be no evidence that we had even stepped there, given the rate the flakes were currently falling. I remember thinking about snowflakes, wondering if it was really possible that there were no two snowflakes that are identical. Just think about it. All of the snowflakes that have fallen in all of the world for all of time, and there are no two that are the same, I don't believe that. I believe a lot of other things, though. Pretty soon after taking a right turn down an asphalt hill, we reached a clearing, and just a little further, we reached the beach. All the roads in Maddie's neighborhood lead to this beach, or they lead to roads that lead to this beach, depending on which direction you take them. It's a beach on a river, which leads to another river, which leads to the bay, which leads to the ocean. It's tucked away, but broad. At the place where we had come to the beach, it was still and quiet. All of the waves were frozen, so there was no sound of water lapping against the sands. You don't think about that kind of constant noise at the beach until it's gone. There was an extended dock that ran out into the water about 100 feet or so from shore. There weren't many places to dock boats in the neighborhood. This dock wasn't really for docking boats, it was more for launching kayaks and other manually propelled sea craft, and for jumping off the end and playing. The dock was shaped like an uppercase L, not a lowercase L. In other words, instead of just jutting straight forward from the beach, it jutted forward and then to the right at the end. It expanded, allowing for more people to stand, sit, gather at the end. The whole dock was covered by an ornate roof open on the sides, but totally open on the end, with just a bench that had seats on each side, looking out to the water or back to the shore. It was winter, so we weren't going to jump in the water, and on top of that, it was also night, so we really weren't going to jump in the water. But we walked the length of the dock carefully, two by two, though maybe we should have gone single file for more protection. I didn't want to fall in, but I did want to step out onto the ice. I just wasn't sure if it could hold me, and I wasn't brave enough to test it. As we walked down to the end, I remember thinking, I remember looking down and to my left, mesmerized by the patterns in the ice, how the current of the water had shaped and pixelated the surface of the ice in imperfect, wavy ways. The way the water had frozen seemed to have captured some snow throughout as it fell so that in the right light, the ice looked more like a sky with scattered puffs of cloud than a mirror without blemish. It was swirly and salty looking, and the opacity of the ice communicated something about the thickness of the ice, and it was not constant. It made for a beautiful surface, but was hard to trust. So we trudged forward together, thinly, quietly. When we reached the end, we spread out, each taking up space, each individual. For most of the trip, I had been wishing for a flashlight, especially when we were surrounded by more trees. But when we reached the end of the dock and there was nothing obstructing our view, I was glad to be without a flashlight, illuminated only by the moon and her blue reflection off the dusty surface of the frozen river. 
I took a deep breath with my eyes closed and opened my eyes as I breathed out. I felt something as my visible breath dissipated out before me. I meant that metaphorically, but I also felt Maddie's hand against my back. It was the first time we had intentionally touched all night. Her palm met, met my shoulder blade and then rubbed a circle along my back. She whispered, when I was little, in order to keep me tough, my dad used to say that it was only cold outside if you could see your breath. I used to complain all the time that it was too cold to go for a walk or play outside, in the fall especially. But he would always say, you can't even see your breath, Malin. Come on out here and walk with me. And I usually would. And I loved being out there with him. I just had to be convinced that I could handle it, even if it was cold. And I could. And it was worth it every time. It's cold out here tonight, but I like being here with you, I said and smiled. She pulled her arm away from my back and grabbed my right hand with her left. I squeezed her hand in mine. I tried to intertwine my glove-inflated fingers with hers. But she was wearing mittens, so I just wrapped all of my fingers around hers and smiled. Let's see how thick it is, Josh said. He turned his body and started to lower himself onto the ice, but before he even had both of his feet on the surface, we heard a faint splintering of the ice and heard a rustling of water as we realized that it was far too weak to support any weight. It was not durable, but it was beautiful. Nope, Josh said, hoisting himself back up onto the dock. New plan. Let's head back to Maddie's, get some sleds or tubes or whatever, and sled by the clubhouse. Maddie only had one traditional sled. That is, she only had one body-sized, structured plastic sled. But she had a few inflatable rubber inner tubes, which usually slid easier on the snow, especially when you don't have much of a hill to work with. The clubhouse Josh had mentioned was about two streets over from Maddie's house, next to the neighborhood store. It had a small ballroom slash dining room upstairs and the state's oldest bowling alley in the downstairs. I only bowled there once, about five years after the events of this story took place. It was a clubhouse because there was a small golf course in Maddie's neighborhood. Right in front of the clubhouse was a small hill that led down to the first hole of the course. This was our sledding hill, the best we could find. We took turns going solo at first before we started racing, first two by two, then all four of us at once. As we got out of sync with each other, our staggered going and stopping and running back to the start led to a series of crashing into each other and falling and sliding and skidding and laughing. Eventually we found ourselves lying flat, each of us face up, arms and legs spread 10 or 12 feet apart from each other. Our sleds even further dispersed, having slid even more freely without our weight guiding their paths. Josh and Anna had landed near each other and Maddie and I were near each other. We all took a minute to catch our breaths, laughing some more, thinking about, thinking still about this run or that run, looking up at the patterns of clouds and stars. I sat halfway up to measure the distances between each of our bodies in the snow. I inched closer to Maddie, only about an arm's length away from her, then repositioned myself, arms and legs spread again like a would-be angel waiting to make his wings. I placed my hand in Maddie's. She slightly flinched, surprised by the contact, but not afraid. Her fingers bent lightly around mine. The gloves and mittens kept us warm, but kept us apart. The four of us lay there for a while. I wonder how they decided what animals should live in space, Anna said. The Ursas are bears, and Pegasus is a flying horse, 
And then you have all the animals of the zodiac, which are a mix of sea creatures and insects and various cats and reptiles. No monkeys, though. No giraffes, no elephants, owls, penguins, pigs, or raccoons. It's fascinating that they can look at a bunch of dots and be so sure that they're a particular animal. So sure that they can remember them the next time they look, and the time after that, and all the other times until now. And we can look at seven dots in the sky and know what they meant when they said Ursa Major. I can never find constellations, I said. Sometimes I see why people mean when they say, there's the Big Dipper, or whatever. But I can never find them on my own. They're all just stars to me. I'll teach you some of them, Maddie said. Maybe you've just never had someone teach them to you the right way before. I know a good way to remember them. You really just have to memorize about four or five stars, and then you can find most of the common constellations. I believed her. I believed that if we kept lying there with only the stars and the tops of a few trees in our sight, and only our hands touching through warm fabric, and only a slight wind felt above the tips of our noses and cheeks, I could learn about the stars, these dead mysteries of the universe. I believed that if I couldn't see my breath, I must not be cold, and I could keep lying there as long as I wanted to. I believed that if she took enough time and enough care, I could learn these patterns. I could predict the future. I could find a savior. Josh, do you have your watch on you? Yeah, it's a little after 10. We'd better head back. That's it. <laughs> the ending really tied it up well. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it currently. Um, as I was reading it just this, this last time, I was thinking that I think one connection that I, that's totally here that I should tie in better yeah. is back to... This idea that that I started when I was saying like the snowflakes thing that like no two snowflakes are the same or whatever. I should tie that into like the beach and like the sands on the seashore, and then I should tie that to the stars at the end. Like that'd be good. This promises of Abraham or whatever kind of thing. I like that. I like that a lot. I definitely got the connection with the because the line in there when you were talking about the snowflakes, you said, mm -hmm. "I believe a lot of things." Uh huh. That was really good. I felt like that was. Yeah. Um, a good connection between those two. I think it would be good to, as well, to work the standpoint of belief into your discussion on the lake. Mm. This, this common thread of belief through it, I think, is, is there. What, can you say more about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you guys talk about the lake, um, you know, you do this great part where you're describing looking at it in its opacity and its uneven surface, and you said, um, what did you say? Um, you said somewhere you said you make it hard it, it, you say the lake you describe it as hard to trust mm -hmm. and I think working belief somewhere within that use, and using the word specifically belief or believe somewhere yeah. in there um, but I like the other uh, idea of not durable but beautiful like when he mm -hmm. finally like yeah. it wasn't I don't know I just really liked that term like when it was like he tried it and it's like it wasn't durable but it was beautiful yeah um, and so I don't know how to draw that out more, but I just really like that line. Um, and then also that whole, uh, the conversation that you have uh, with her and talking about like handling the cold mm. and this idea and then working belief within that, you know, talk, yeah. uh, you might have said trust maybe more than belief even. Yeah. You know, this idea of trust like, your dad, but yeah, yeah. Like, and, and then through that, like then, yeah, like I believed him that I could mm -hmm. handle the cold when, you know, um, 
whatever that is. But I think there's that theme within there. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the snowflakes thing sets it up well. Like, I believe a lot of things. I don't believe that, you know. Kind of, yeah. And then, but yeah, the snow, I like the snowflakes, the sand, um, that aspect. Um, and then taking it back, not only, you know, you said, I believed her. Mm-hmm. And then that ending of, we should have back. Because there's yeah. this idea of that if I had enough time and if I, like, I yeah, so like one of the main themes I think that plays out in this story is, yeah, like the idea of like trusting something that's like fragile, trusting your senses, I guess. Yeah, I is think kind of the whole idea because like I want a flashlight, and ooh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. I didn't until this moment either. But um, I want a flashlight, but uh, and and I like want to like hold this person's hand but like we're wearing gloves and I want to you know walk out onto the water but it or onto the you know frozen water but I don't it, you know it can't hold me but so those are like physical things but well, also this is this is like a you know these are high schoolers like they can't drive yet mom's dropping them off for this like hangout or whatever mm. so like they're also trying to like trust a young, like, relationship. So, like, the relationship is fragile. And when they're, like, still figuring out what it's like to be romantically relating to another person. Mm. So, like, that's fragile also. And yeah, I think, I think like, the, the whole high school thing, like, they're, they're kind of, like, precocious, like, spitting out all these, like, bits of information that they've learned or, like, things they've remembered mm. or whatever. Yeah, I think... So, uh, until you said all of that... I was going to say, like, what is the, you know, do you need to have the whole bit of your your mom dropping you off mm-hmm. and you not driving? But now you elaborating on that and saying that more, then I think if you just, like, make that intro a little bit more robust. Yeah. Um, because I, yeah, I, I don't, don't really like the way it starts. Yeah. I think once they get, like, to the dock, like, the beach area till the end of the story is stronger than, like, getting think down once there. They, once they leave the house, that's really... Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. And even, well, because even, like, with that, the, the idea of this belief, like, you didn't, like, they knew where they were heading, mm-hmm. but, like, you didn't know. And that kind of like what you were saying a second yeah. ago of the flashlight. There's this idea of belief. So I think working that into each one of those aspects so that, like, now that we discussed this, that's all within there. But, yeah, like, working that in. Because there's a part where you say, like, there there were, like, um, was it this this aspect of there were a lot of roads in our neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, but they knew, like, okay, like, it directs it towards here. And then you kind of, you you pulled back, and you're like, okay, this neighborhood comes to the water, and that water goes in the bay, and the bay, and the ocean. You know, mm-hmm. like, so this this idea, um, and you're kind of in that trust or that, you know, belief in that idea of what you said. Like, you know, uh, the, from your viewpoint, it's hard to trust, or it's very fragile um, in that sense. And I think the the beginning of belief in anything is fragile and this idea of like a snowflake like if you've ever caught a snowflake on your hand it melts like immediately and that idea of fragile or like sand you know slips through your grasp very easily you know like sand through the hourglass that that sort of idea um this idea of this frozen lake you know is uh beautiful but also it's fragile you know that that aspect or 
uh, the stars in the sky, there's a lot of them. And one, you don't have the time to sit there and look at them all. But number two, they're very distant and far off as well. So there's mm. kind of like a fragileness from the viewpoint of that. So I think that's a really kind of uh, interesting point that at the genesis of any belief, yeah. there's a fragility to it. Um, there's a, you know, you don't have a complete understanding of it. And I think that tied in with this uh, uh, teenage angst. I don't know if that's, but like this no, idea. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, there's, there's like a distance, an emotional distance between the characters too. Like, yeah, yeah. And like trying. They don't know how to walk with each other. Like, yeah. At first they're walking all four of them in, all, you know, like a horizontal line. Like, yeah. You know, and then, then they're walking kind of in pairs, but. Yeah, yeah. But they're not, yeah. And I think just. And like I think that, the, a, good, uh, a good illustration uh, is that, that sledding scene. Yeah. Where it's like you guys are all staggered and out of, you know. Yeah. The way that we ended up racing would be like two people going down together and then someone else like tries to join them catch up or whatever so that yeah. I'm like yeah that's a hard scene to write yeah but it is but you, like you can picture it but now it's know? like discussing that I'm like oh yeah like you know the explanation and you know even like the whole intro of, of the story um, mm-hmm. um yeah and I think it's like it's funny like I say that but then also there's this theme of viewpoint within the story and this hindsight is 2020 you know, within, within that, you're, you're all unsure of where you are, where you're heading, where you're going, you know, what to do, how do I, how do, I do this well, which is a common thought for any, um, I think, adolescent, you know, like how I, there's a hesitancy because you want to make sure you do it right because you understand how fragile things are. <laughs> I wrote down uppercase L when you described the doc because you said out and to the right. And I was thinking uppercase L was out and to the left. But then I thought about, well, technically you could orient the L a different way. And well, it could be out as, I was, right. as I was thinking that, I realized it should have been out and to the left. Anyway, it's, it's a good right. note. <laughs> Told you this is a rough draft. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, there's lots of things. Like, I don't really... I think that, like, the cookie scene at the beginning, I like it because it establishes, like something was happening when I showed up, like I was late or whatever. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It just, I just liked my character, like, you know, the narrator walking into a scene. I I wanted to try and capture that thing where you like walk up on a group of people, but they don't like bring you into their conversation right away. You know? So you kind of like stand there a little bit awkwardly for a minute. I mean, it happens in like people, in circles when they're just like standing around or, right you know uh, I didn't I don't think I did it quite right in this scene but I kind of wanted that to be the thing where it's like the narrator is kind of awkward he like enters this person's house and he doesn't say like hi or, or whatever and then all of a sudden he's just like there you know yeah, it's yeah. like I don't know how to describe it that's kind of what I was trying to set up like I wanted it to feel awkward at the beginning. Like, I didn't want the writing to be awkward, but, you know, I wanted, like, the scenario to be kind of, like, awkward. Yeah, I think there's a way you can, like, robust that as well as, like, yes. trimming it to yeah. better convey that. Like, I don't necessarily, like, think the the cookies are, like, a bad thing. Yeah. Um, it's a way to start the story. I, I think I just need to work on it. Somewhere. Yeah, I think, like, accentuating more about like yeah your mom dropping out to really draw in that idea of 
new territory, fragility of belief. This uh, story, I, the whole idea came from this image that I had of like lying in the snow and just having like my hand like resting on someone else's hand and how like weird that is. Yeah. But also like hand holding is such like a nice thing. It is. You yeah. know, so I kind of, I just wanted to like kind of talk about that. And the, I like just that idea of um, like it's a very like personal and like nice thing, but like going steady with somebody for like the first time it's like oh you're holding hands like hey this is the sign that we're together like that's like that's yeah. not only the sign that like hey like oh they're like they're together they're holding hands but it's like then like you see uh, an old like married couple that's 80 years old yeah. walking through the park they're holding hands kind of these bookends of yeah it's kind of intimacy yeah yeah it's, it's, it's very it's interesting but also much like in that that beginning, that the fragility, it's, there's like a briefness to it, like in mm. that in that intro, kind of in the sense of you feel there's this tension in that story that just in that moment, like through all these awkward random interactions through these kids, uh, they might be figuring something out, especially with the narrator's like kind of ending thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we should head back. Yeah. Time's yeah. cutting short for yeah. whatever reason, yeah. I love that when you're talking about the snowflakes and you, like, just think about it. All the snowflakes that have ever fallen in all of the world. I really don't believe that there are no two snowflakes that are, like... It's no one, no one's taking the time to, yeah. <laughs> count them. To no, look like, at I the, mean, think about that. Like, even just think about all of the snowflakes that are on Earth right now at this moment. Yeah. Two of those are not alike. And then if you think about the, like, millions of years of snowflakes falling on this planet. Yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting thought. That's crazy. I yeah, I think you can definitely tie that in with I the same. I feel like I've seen two snowflakes that are the same in the same snowfall on the same day before. You know? I feel like you can really... It's like, just so I've said, I said this already, but I feel like you can tie that in with the sand and the stars. and. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how to tie that in right now, but I think that's like a connection that is worth finding a way yeah. to tie. Because, like, that like, would just and, get and to... Really, that would bring in a conversation about, like, uniqueness to the story. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, that's the whole thing with, like... That's the whole thing with the snowflakes is that, like, people say that as, like, oh, you're so unique. There are no two snowflakes that are alike, just like human beings or whatever. And then... They're all snowflakes. Yeah. And then with the sand and the stars, that's, like, Abraham was told, like, your descendants will number the same... Or more mm. than the sand and the stars, which is like a way of saying like they will be innumerable because right. like who can count those, you know? I like that. I believe that. Yeah, I can learn them. I believe this. I believe I can. What did you, I can at the end there. find a savior. What did you say? Yeah, that was good. I like it. I like it too. Predict the future, like all the things that yeah. we use stars for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 that's good, that's mm -hmm. good, yeah. Um, your endings are always good. Oh, I think that they're always bad, so... Oh, I think your endings are always good. Wow. There we go. Well, thanks for listening to this story. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah, I uh, hopefully we'll get a, a final draft up on the, on, the, on the website pretty soon. You can always find our episodes 
and our stories and some short biographies about us on our website, which is roughdraftpodcast.com. Well, keep on uh, telling your stories. Yeah. Keep, keep writing slash creating whatever it is for you. you got to keep doing it. You'll only get better. Find exactly. the, the equivalent of 500 words a day for whatever your art form is. You, you don't just wake up one day, William Faulkner. No. We'll see you, we'll see you next time. Same yeah. uh, bat channel. Same, same bat, bat time. time. Well, keep on writing. 500 words a day. Yep. Even if it sucks. You will get better. <laughs> <laughs>